This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end-times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to the Warning television program. Also, those that are listening to me on Warning Radio or Shortwave, watching or listening on social media, welcome. We're in our college classroom at World Ministries International. It's a live audience. It's a night we pray. I believe in prayer strongly. But before we do that, we go into a sermon, a meeting, a message. And tonight, I'm speaking on headship in the family. In America today, we need biological-born boys recognized as boys and biological born girls called girls. The cultural sick demonic society has joined forces with hell itself in total rebellion against the government of God. Matthew 24, 35. Jesus warns us that the word of God will never cease to be true. Time does not change it. Culture does not change it. History does not change it. It is always true and able to be completely believed no matter where, no matter when. Again, my message today is headship in the family. The text, Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away but my words shall not pass away. Once again, I refer back to my beginning intro when I said time does not change it. Cultural, the culture doesn't change it. You know, society, it doesn't matter how progressive they come. It doesn't change the standards of God. (laughs) History does not change it. It's always true. Because it represents God. God doesn't change his values, his morality, how he created man and woman, how he created boys and girls. That never changes. Huge segments of society are rejecting the traditionally held biblical values of marriage and family. But social change does not alter biblical truth. Thus, the government order within a family is best achieved when the biblical order is established and maintained. You don't give your child a vote on what he wants to be. 
unless you are so yourself messed up with demonic influence. Point number one, family order. Ephesians 5.22, wives be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. When two people get married, an institution is formed. It's called the institution of marriage. The same type of subjection or submission we show to the Lord should become the order of the family. Ephesians 5, 23 through 25, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, unquote. You know, I, what really stood out to me in that scriptures, again, scriptures, I read Ephesians 5, 23 through 25, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. Savior. There's a great responsibility, and I repeat the word responsibility, on the husband, on the head of any institution, God. And frankly, most husbands I know that I've seen throughout America and around the world, they're not very good saviors of the family. Maybe I should quit right there, as far as not elaborating too much. But if they were better, then the family would be better, then the nation would be better. So I think a lot of times husbands have, a lot of times they have totally failed. In fact, I've counseled people saying, what do you want me to be? You, you want me to become your wife's husband as, as far as instructing her since you can't seem to do it? What, you want me to do it? You know, I get tired of counseling 20, 30 years on somebody. You want me to become the husband? The idea of subjection or submission has become a stumbling block for many women. Subjection carries a negative connotation, one of helplessness, hopelessness, and weakness. Those notions are far removed from the biblical idea of submission. Submission in marriage implies consensual deference and calculated consent. Husbands are not to subject their wives to hopelessness. God doesn't, even though I'm submitted to God, I'm not hopeless. I'm encouraged. I'm strengthened. Do we encourage and strengthen our wives? We should. I'm strengthened. I'm encouraged. I'm submitted to God. But I wouldn't say I'm weak. I believe I'm a warrior. Why? Because I have the spirit of God in me. Because I'm submitted to him. He gives me authority. These notions are far removed from biblical idea of submission. Submission in marriage implies consensual, again, calculated consent. Husbands are not to subject their wives to hopelessness. Rather, they are to give deference in accordance with God's ordinance and are liable for breakdowns in family administration. 
You know, I, I you know, uh, over the last, going back as far as 1985, when I went into full-time ministry, so for the last over 30 years, you hear husbands constantly blaming the wife. Well, it's your fault, husband, for the most part. For the most part. You can throw the blame all you want, like Adam tried to throw the blame on Eve. But I think God also held Adam accountable. God held Adam accountable. Hey, well, why, Adam, why weren't you a better husband? And your wife wouldn't have listened to the devil, to the serpent. So husbands all the time take the easy way out and cop out and put the blame on their wives. And there's sometimes you might do a perfect job. God certainly does a perfect job, yet people go astray. So sometimes a husband can do a perfect job and he's just got a Jezebel for a wife or a harlot for a wife or American Lib. When my first wife died, I married a wife out of this nation. Why? Because American Lib is all over the women and I don't want it. You got women that don't know who they are. They think they're men in attitude and beliefs and everything. Boy, you better bring a pair of boxing gloves into that marriage. Unless uh, they're both very mature in God. Yeah, I'm just telling you the truth. A lot of American women are messed up. Does that make me popular? I don't care. I've never cared about popularity. I don't preach for your money. Although I'd love you to send me a good check out there. I know a young man in my ministry. He's been uh, reaching out to women outside of America. Probably he doesn't want the American independent uh, liberation woman. I don't blame him. Now, I'm not saying you, you can't find a diamond out there, but you got to search. Because most of them are wrapped up with the American mentality they get from television and everything else. We are supposed to be like God. Therefore, the husband's role should Give the appearance of a servant leadership, not an overbearing dictator. Servant leader. His role is to be a compassionate, loving, and strengthening one. Servant leader. I think my first and second wife would say I wasn't a dictator. They would also say I wasn't weak. I hope they would say I'm a servant leader. I've tried to serve them. I still try to serve my second wife. Take my role in child rearing. Get up early. I'm in the office very early, three, four. Come back in. Watch the little baby a couple hours. Let her sleep a little bit more, then go back to work. So usually I put in three, four hours before people get out of bed, and then I go in the house and about seven to nine, a couple more hours, and then go back at nine when some people are barely getting there if they're there yet. Some people are not. <laughs> so anyway, a servant leader, I think I try to still serve my wife. And, you know, serving your wife is also serving your children, right? God serves us, but he also serves our families. Our families are blessed because of his leadership. If a man's leadership is good, 
the family is blessed. Not just the wife, the family is blessed. If a man leadership is not, the family and the wife are messed up. Again, we're not supposed to be overbearing dictators. Our role are to be compassionate, loving leaders. Strengthening ones. Scripture plainly teaches this role as headship, a concept that comes into perspective both in the family and in the church. In the family, it relates to government in the home. The word headship implies that the head occupies the position that is highest or uppermost in authority. You know, the buck stops here, you heard it say. Somebody has to ultimately take the blame. You can't keep pushing it off on each other. A two-headed leader is a monster. Normally you cut off the head of a two-headed dragon. They both need to die and let the spiritual maturity rise up and take their proper responsibilities in the home. But in America, where you've got so much divorce, you've got two-headed leaders. They don't know their responsibility, and neither one really takes their responsibility. The husband is the principal authority in the marriage relationship, just like Christ is the principal or highest authority in the church. Again, headship implies the head occupies the position that is highest or utmost in authority. Again, that's not a dictator. We understand that within other administration systems, men are not necessarily in positions of authority over women. This is especially so within the social order. Indeed, women have pointed that out quite clearly. Not only with words, but with actions as well. Such actions sometimes have been necessary. You got sometimes women in some areas, in some businesses that do a better job than a man. That's the way it is. We're not talking about the home. We're not talking about the church. We're talking about a secular business. Sometimes some men are better to be the laborer and let the woman have the brains if the guy can't seem to think. I just met a couple the other day. Gave me a bid on something. Actually to put up a fence. Complicated fence. And it was obvious the woman had the brains and the guy was the laborer. Now maybe if I looked up their business, maybe she was the CEO and he was just the laborer. And I wouldn't doubt it a bit. She's the president. It was obvious to me who had the brains. See, it doesn't take me long to talk to somebody. And I'll tell you which one has the brains and which one doesn't. And that always can be, create problems in the home if the man doesn't rise up with the brains and start the lead instead of acting like a dummy and sitting back passively and doing nothing but passing the buck. Let me tell you clearly out there, no wife wants to follow a dummy. So pick it up and lead like you're supposed to with your God-given responsibility. And don't give me excuses you weren't trained as a boy. Pick it up. You got the Bible, that's God with you. Can't God speak to you? Isn't he better than your mommy and daddy that didn't train you, you say? So I get so tired of these excuses I hear. Are you hearing me? I hope you are. I'm tired of it. The word of God is God. I mean, I'm watching and reading Watchman Nee. 
If you know the Bible and you know God personally, that's God speaking to you. Don't give me an excuse you weren't raised well enough. The Bible is real clear how you're supposed to lead in a home. Unless you've put your brains out in the shipyard. How much money are you paying the shipyard to store your brains? I think you better get your money back and start to lead. Wow. Is this good preaching? Amen? Good preaching? My students and staff are saying amen. I hope they mean it. <laughs> we understand that within administration, again, sometimes men aren't the best leaders. Men were not created to rule over women. That is not what the Bible teaches. Men and women are to be co-laborers and co-heirs. Now, my wife's in this audience and she's listening intently. I can tell when she's listening. She, I know she, she got up very early because she volunteered to uh, take care of somebody else's child. And so she did not get the sleep she so wanted. But, uh, boy, she's alert now. She's wondering, what is my husband going to say? Okay, listen closely, my dear. Men are not created to rule over women. Again, that's not what the Bible teaches. We're supposed to be co-laborers, co-heirs. We raise the child together. He's not your child. He's not my child. He's our child. We were created by God to have dominion together. He created both male and female and gave them dominion. So men and women are to share dominion. Adam and Eve were supposed to share dominion in the garden. And neither one submitted to the higher authority or God because they both disobeyed God. It only took one to obey God and correct the other one. It didn't happen. Same way Ananias and Sapphira, they both were dead because they wouldn't correct each other. They went along with the other one's sin and they both died. I hope that's a good lesson. You want to die? You want to die spiritually? You better learn that if your spouse is wrong, you need to correct them. Number two, a woman never loses her right to exercise the authority she carries in creation. Even after marriage, dominion means the right to rule. God never takes it back. Every human being has a right to exercise a measure of dominion. By yielding that responsibility to her husband, a woman chooses to be obedient to God chooses preserving divine order within the home if she does not do that you got conflict if men don't choose to be submitted to god there is conflict you got a man that's called a rebel or a lawless man if he rules the home usually you have a lawless home lawless wife lawless children they get arrested they go to juvenile some of you were under lawless parents and you went to juvenile i'm talking about juvenile Jail, so to speak. Delinquency. When a woman carries a position of authority in the workplace, she doesn't need her husband's permission to accomplish her work. In instances of ministry, such as taking authority over demonic spirits or moving in the gifts of the spirit, she does not require a husband's seal of approval. I want my wife to be good spiritually. I want her to be able to pray. Take dominion over evil spirits. 
She doesn't need my approval. Do it. That's every God-given responsibility of every person on earth. If you're called a Christian, you're supposed to be able to grow in these things. In fact, I'm glad my wife does move in these areas. Very happy. She stays up and prays longer than I do. I'm glad she does. You pray while I sleep. You protect me. I get up way earlier than she does, you know, like five, six, eight. Fine. And I can cover her back. Amen? Together we make a great team, honey. You pray, I sleep. I pray, you sleep. And we get a few hours sleeping together, but it's just actually a few. Maybe three. Seems strange, but that's our life. In marriage, God has established in order the two become one. They are joined for a purpose, several purposes, actually. In order to accomplish those purposes, there has to be order. This is always true when an organization or a business, a team, a ministry, or family structure is necessary. There's got to be order. In a team, if you don't have order, there's chaos, you lose. Football, 11 have to work together, synchronized. Different responsibilities, they got to do their job if you win. If not, you're just a mess out there. God has established order in the home. Every institution needs a constitution of some kind, a governing agreement that defines order. We find such agreement in organizations and in churches. Biblically, such an arrangement must also govern the home. And biblically, the husband is the head. Thus, in the affairs of the family, the ultimate responsibility lies with the husband. And as the principal authority, his role is to see that the will of God is done on earth within his family. You can't blame your wife. You lazily man. That's what you are if you blame your wife. You can't blame your wife. Rise up and lead spiritually. In democracy, the rule of majority of the people ensure that the will of man is done. But when government comes out of the social order and into the marriage, the rule and rules change. Christian marriage is God-ordained. It is only family structure God has instituted. It's the only one. Again, it's not run by the majority. It's not a democracy. You don't get together if you have five kids and take a vote. I want Mary to be the president. Dad, you sit at the end of the line. You know, I, I've had, and I have five children. Four of them are adults. But let me tell you, I didn't take a vote. I knew who the president was, and so did they. <laughs> they knew the president of our home. <laughs> I wasn't a dictator. They loved me to death. But they knew the president. I did not say, do you want to be the daddy this week? Christian marriage is God-ordained. It is the only family structure God has instituted. God established the husband as a principal authority in the home and placed the weight of responsibility squarely on his shoulders. Point number three. Responsibility requires authority, and authority requires accountability. Are you there? When authority is uncertain, responsibilities fail to be accomplished properly. When responsibilities are not met, accountability demands an answer. 
When there is confusion, people blame each other. But by establishing order, governing structure within the family, God is providing a protection rather than a restriction. When these principles are not understood, the governmental structure of the home is abused. Authority is challenged and lost. When a man uses his authority simply to impose his own will rather than God's purpose, he's out of order. When he forces his wife or his will on his wife and his children, he becomes a tyrant and not a servant, an oppressor rather than a trusted leader. Let me go over that again, point number three. Responsibility requires authority, and authority requires accountability. When authority is uncertain, responsibility fail to be accomplished properly. When responsibilities are not meant, accountability demands an answer. There's got to be a finished of the job. There's got to be a finish to it. There's got to be an end. There's got to be accountability. And when there's confusion, people blame each other. If you see confusion in a home and blame, that's because the husband has failed. Are you liking this message? We're going to continue. I have several more points to go. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.